Sharon Hosegood, chartered arboriculturalist who runs her own independent practice, Sharon Hosegood Associates. And I'm lucky enough to steal some time with her in a very busy schedule to talk to us about the development of the industry, how Sharon has built up her practice, who she works with, and also we'll talk a little bit about the future of the practice and how we can expand what we know about trees in general and how we engage with a multidisciplinary group of people to move it forward. So Sharon, could you tell me a little bit about how you started and what made you want to become an ARB in the first place? Well, um, years ago I was going to be an astrophysicist and fortunately I didn't quite make the grade. So I did a landscape degree and absolutely loved it. And I realised that being outside and making things happen on the ground was really worthwhile. So I think I had a narrow escape there. And from there I went to work for a local authority, actually as a landscape designer and uh, worked there for about five years and learnt a lot about trees and the law and importantly about how trees and people interact and how emotional people can be. I took a long career break then for my children and worked for another local authority and it was during that time I thought I'd better get some more qualifications. And I did a life-changing course. I did the what was then called the Technician Certificate in Arboriculture and it opened my eyes to the whole world of ARB rather than just being a tree officer. And from there, I, just, I was just amazed by um, what happens in private practice and in the development industry. So I left there and I went to work for a contractor and quite badly managed a tree gang for a while, completely mollycoddled them and gave them hot chocolate, etc. And then I went on to be a consultant there and ended up being the managing director and growing a multidisciplinary practice. And after 10 years, had enough, and I've been doing my own thing for the last three and a half years. But in the last sort of, oh, about 10 years, I've been involved with uh, a weird piece of kit called Tree Radar and mapping tree roots. And that's been my sort of speciality, working with my colleague Ian Lee to understand how trees are rooting. So that's me in a nutshell, really. So would you say your experience working with local authorities and then on the other side of the fence, as it were, mm. has given you a, a unique insight into the different drivers that sort of people are, when they're dealing with trees, you know, what does a local authority want? What yes. does a, a private practice have to deliver for a contractor, those kind of things, because ARBs are public and private in a way, definitely, aren't they? They are, definitely, and it's really, really useful. I mean, my, my time as a tree officer was actually 11 years, and it was invaluable because I really learnt not only about trees and the law, but also about administrative process and also the political process with a small p, um, and how, how emotional people can be. And it gave me an insight into that into that but also what a local authority needs in able to make their own decisions so i see very much see it as a partnership between private and public sectors where we can help each other achieve the same thing rather than them and them or us what saddens me about that is just how under-resourced local authorities are and how since i've been in private practice things have got worse because of cuts. Um, but certainly it does give you an insight. And there's nothing to say that people can't reverse that process and have time in private practice and then go and work in local authority. They're both really, really important roles.
Absolutely. And do you think that the revisions of the MPPF might go a little, a little way to maybe helping us understand more about the role of trees and green infrastructure more widely? Do you think planning policy needs to change to Definitely. help ARBs? Yes, I do. I think that planning policy on a national level, but also at a local level, is critically important. If we don't have those written down and followed, then we're in a very weak position. So that's really important. National policies, local policies, and also the council's own procedures. But alongside that, it needs personality. So you can have everything written down, but if the the officers, particularly the development control officers, don't really grasp what we do, then it makes the whole thing very, very weak. So we need to raise the profile of our industry across the board. So, in a nutshell then, what would an ARB do? What's your day-to-day role, as it were, working with a local authority or working for a, a private sector contractor? What, what are the sort of things you might get up to, rather, you know, as well as your route radar? Um, well, the route radar is probably only about sort of 20% of what we do. So, we work for local authorities directly as well, but most of our work are with clients who want to change the use of land through the planning process. And so as part of that, they need a detailed assessment of what the trees are, what the quality of the trees are, their role in the landscape, their healthy condition. And that really provides a baseline study for them to help decide on how the land might be changed, maybe for new building, etc. And so we give that detailed advice and work with the design team to come up with the best solution, what trees should stay, what trees could go, on where new trees ought to be planted. And then we take that forward through the planning process to the detailed construction phase and actually have an on-site presence so that we can make sure that what we said we would do in the report is actually carried out. And that's a really important process. And it's through that, spending time on demolition and construction sites, that my personal knowledge has really grown. And it just makes us useful. We're there to be useful give an informed opinion and to solve problems and that needs to be in collaboration with other disciplines such as planners, engineers, landscape architects and then also the people on site. Yes, I mean we often at Green Blue Urban find that things like what they're backfilling the tree pits with on site can be a problem, inadequate soil volumes, lack of space for the trees, value engineering, these are all things that we find, and it's often too late for, for us to help in some situations where the trees have already been installed. So obviously the ARB's role is critical in that whole process. Yes, it is, absolutely. And actually that's a very powerful thing. Prior to it going to planning, the developer is very keen to get what he or she wants, and it may involve tree removal. So really at that stage, I say to local authority officers, planners and agriculturalists when I speak to them, you are powerful, don't forget that. At this stage, you can, you can make sure that there's going to be robust tree planting and with a sensible amount of underground systems and room for soil, trees to grow, soil volume. You can actually make that happen. I think the trouble is that local authorities feel so um, unempowered because of the cuts. But it needs to be, as I said earlier, that team approach between the culturalists saying to their team and client, 
look, we need to have this volume available for tree planting and for that to be understood and enforced by the other side. And that is the time it needs to be enshrined ultimately in planning conditions which can be enforced. And of course you've been talking about tree roots as a a hugely Mm. important aspect of what you do and mapping the sort of underground infrastructure as the tree matures and we've worked with you on a number of projects like that and I think sometimes, I don't know whether you agree, but when we do our CPD sessions for different stakeholders, they don't even really understand how extensive a rooting system can be under the ground. Yeah, I mean there are still some misconceptions um, that tree roots just go down and they don't go out, but of course they go out. And, and actually the tree rooting pattern in urban environments is phenomenally variable because tree roots are just opportunistic. They grow where they get the stuff they need and, and the purchase they need. Um, but on another tack, we're doing a lot of work on veteran trees and we've been astonished at how far they are actually rooting. I mean, well beyond the root protection area, well beyond the 15 times diameter root protection area that the ancient tree form recommends um, even further. We've just scanned the major oak and Sherwood forest and in one area it was rooting 40 metres away from the trunk. It's fascinating. So much more to learn. We're just beginning. I think so. It's the tip of the iceberg in mm. a way, isn't mm. it? And um, I suppose in terms of the future of the industry as you see it, what do you think sort of the role of ours will be moving forward, what do you think maybe needs to happen to sort of raise that awareness of your role and also how to protect trees, especially in urban environments? I mean, we've seen what happened in Sheffield when Mm. certain practices meant that there was a a very large-scale removal of their urban forest. Yes, I think it's so important. There's a number of strands to that. First of all, we haven't got enough people coming into our industry, and that's because people don't know about it. And by, by that, I mean the general public. It's a fantastic career choice. What other job takes you indoors, outdoors, every sort of environment, from a country estate to inner city social housing? Um, It's utterly fascinating. What other job means that you have to problem solve and you have to meet people from all walks of life? And more importantly, you can actually help influence the green space around us and all the benefits that we know. So we need to have a much higher profile in the media for the general public to see it as a career choice. The second point is, how can we be taken seriously? Well, actually, I think that chartership is really important. People understand the nature of being a chartered accountant or a chartered town planner. You know, we have the opportunity to be a chartered arboriculturalist, and there's a route through the Institute of Chartered Foresters to do that. And the third thing is, we all have a responsibility on how we interact with our design teams and our client. Just the basic manners. I mean, there's no, this isn't rocket science of responding to emails and calls and, and going to meetings. It's so simple, but I think that the more helpful we are, the more that we recognize that we are a, um, a service industry providing professional advice and just are grateful for the work that we do. That sings out and has an impact. And finally, we need to speak to people beyond our industry, speak to other professionals at CPD sessions, at conferences, um, write articles in non-industry magazines and just get out there, get out there, stop moaning, do it. So what would you, finally, what would you say 
that ARBs need moving forward? What is it that you know the marketplace solutions can provide for you that aren't currently maybe out there? What what sort of gap in the market do you think there is to to help trees flourish? Is there are there things you've come across that you think really we need a, a better solution for that? Because obviously. You know, a workman's only as good as their tools in some instances, particularly if you're working in in the urban environment. I think there are a lot of tools out there. I mean, obviously, the work that Green Blue Urban does is integrating all sorts of different issues, stormwater management, successful tree planting. Um, I think there's some good solutions for above-ground construction as well with hard surfacing. Mm -hmm. And there's some good tools of, of putting in foundations of building near trees, I think there is a lot out there. I think there is um, more to be learned and tested from those. I think there still is a resistance from some local authorities who say, I don't believe such and such works. So I think actually we need more evidence. We need more um, academic studies carried out on things that have happened, say, five to ten years ago and, and how successful has that been. And I know that is happening. I know that the Arb Association are doing something to do with hard surfaces um, so I think we've got a lot out there. We just need to communicate it better. Um, we've got a lot of tools to help us understand how trees are decaying, the trunks are decaying. We've got tools such as tree radar and air spade to look at roots. Um, the problem is probably is that we're all too busy and it's a real effort to come and step outside of your daily work to actually take the time to share that. Okay. Well, thank you very much, Sharon. That's been really fascinating and I hope that people will take the time to maybe look at all the resources out there and see just how ARBs can help them in their their day-to-day practice.